This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. A New York City point guard will give up his girl and his chain before he give up his dribble. We revolutionized this game with our influence. New York City playground basketball blew up on a global scale. What we were seeing was cultural resilience. It's New York City at its finest. number one in the world and such an unbelievable high. Why does it not feel that amazing? I would dwell on tennis matches when I could have been a better dad. You always hear, do whatever it takes to win at any cost. Is it all worth it? It's the last stand. And here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right. It is Last Stand. I'm Brian Custer. We bring you the biggest names in the sport. And joining me today is the former unified welterweight champion of the world. You know him, though, as one time. Keith Thurman is back with us on the Last Stand. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Happy to be here. Great to see you. It is good to see you. Um, so, you know, we finally got to see one time in the ring. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years that you were away. You take on Mario Barrios, you dominate him yes. in that fight. My question is, do you feel like one time was back after seeing your performance in that, that fight? You know, I mean, it's always a challenge and a struggle. Two and a half years, you know, so it's hard to put your best uh, performance on, you know, but we, we're just here where we are now, you know. 33 years old, not 23 years old, you know. Uh, yes, I'm Keith One Time Thurman, but the wisdom and everything that I know of the sport, you know, he's he was like 26 years old when I was in the ring with him. I've been boxing for 26 years. I watched no tape on the guy. I said, what can he bring to the table? I'm going to take this boy to school. And I did, you know. I saw some fundamental mistakes. I watched his feet cross over while I was on the outside. I said, man, he might be ex-world champion, but nobody taught him boxing. Keith Thurman's going to do that today. You know, um, he had the reach advantage. Uh, he had a really good jab. If I'm going to give him any good credentials, you know, his jab was sticking me. He was putting on my nose a few times, um, you know, and it was solid. It actually was one of the best jabs that I've ever been in the ring with um, up to this date, you know. Uh, but obviously, you got to land the power punches behind him, you know. Uh, he was struggling with that. My footwork, you know, one thing very underestimated about Keith Thurman because I've always been a power puncher is my footwork, my ring IQ. And I just wanted to showcase that. You know, I, I did a lot of yoga in the last camp. Um, now being in my 30s, got to loosen up these joints, man, you know. Got to keep this body moving. And with, with all that, 
that flow that I had. Once when I was in there, under the lights, in Vegas, after two and a half years, it just felt so good. I felt so comfortable. I just wanted to have fun, man. And that's what I was doing that night, man. I was really enjoying myself, schooling the young man, um, putting lesson on him with three-minute intervals at a time. And uh, the, the crowd seemed to love it. And I got a lot of positive feedback. People were like, okay, this is, this is Thurman. You know? This is that man who's always been very challenging to beat. And so I, I guess it, and it goes to, again, to my point, did, did you feel like one time was back? Like, yeah, this, this is who I was before I was gone. Did, did one time feel like you were all the way back? You know, I just don't like the presentation of the question, mm -hmm. right? Because what you're, what you're saying is, am I today who I was yesterday? And the past does not exist in the now. Mm -hmm. Okay, and this is what I'm starting to discover, mm -hmm. you know, and I think many athletes learn about this throughout their careers. You know, um, Tom Brady, for instance, you know, people who have really stayed at the top for a long time. I'm not going nowhere. Mm -hmm. Keith one time Thurman's one of the best fighters you'll ever see till the day is done, you know, and um, that's my whole objective is to be at the top, compete at the top and and fight the best, you know. I always said, I have an O, I'm not afraid to let it go. If you can beat me, beat me, you know? I might have took an L with Manny Pacquiao, but Keith Thurman has still never been defeated. So the spirit in me is the spirit of an undefeated fighter. I've never been destroyed. I've never been dominated in that ring, you know? So the fire and the, the ferociousness is still tangible within me, and I look forward to putting that out into the ring with my future performances. So it's been uh, six months since that fight. When will we see you back? When do you think? When will we yeah, see you back? Yeah, I was hoping to get a little bit more active, you know, make up for lost times. Um, the fight dates didn't manifest. And, you know, anytime we're inactive, I've had plenty of it in my career. I don't look at it as inactive. I look at it more like hibernation, AKA meditation. You know, we're always focused on big fights mm -hmm. you know i did it when i came back in 2019 jose cito lopez then manny pacquiao you know so we got mario barrios and i would love an opportunity to face any world champion i know a lot of talks have been talked about is keith thurman gonna move up i'm not i love 147 sugar ray leonard roberto duran you know, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, Floyd Mayweather, the history. I, this is my division. I don't want to leave this division, but I love world titles and I want to be champion once again. So I'm, I'm praying for a title shot to manifest at 147. But if it doesn't and another door opens and there's a title attached to it, then I'll walk through it. Hmm. Why would you say you're not, you haven't been as active? Well, really what happened to me was... Um, a little bit of my ego got to me. Hmm. We went through some rough times with COVID and that's apparent for everybody, right? I got the phone call to be one of those athletes to perform with no fans, you know? And after the biggest pay-per-view event of my life with Manny Pacquiao at the MGM Grand, just filling up the arena, the, the, the roars, the screaming, the shouting, and then they called me during COVID, say, Keith, would you like to come to LA Studios? and fight in a room with a few cameras, your cornermen, and nobody in attendance. I didn't ask, who am I fighting? I didn't ask, how much are they gonna pay me? I said, sounds like the most boring experience of my life. No thank you. 
I literally, it took me less than five seconds to say no and reject that. I look back at maybe that was a mistake. Mm. It kept me inactive. And what that taught them was Thurman, you know, wants the fans. Mm. And it just took a long time for that to manifest. I contacted uh, COVID after working the uh, Pacquiao-Ugas fight, um, which had my management group push my date back further. I was hoping to get back uh, at the last quarter of that year, but then we got pushed into possibly rumors of January, and then the date fell February 5th, you know? So it's just been a lot of hurdles, a lot of time um, wasted in, in, in different um, aspects. But like I said, man, the past is the past. We're here now. I put myself back in action, and I'm looking for more. Yeah. You kind of, you just mentioned this. Is it solely your goal to be world champion again at 147? I mean, it's, it's the dream. It's what I, this is the division that I love competing at. This is the division that I just always felt like I belong, you know? And like when I said the name like Roberto Duran, you know, there's been times in fighters' careers and their histories where they move up, they go through right. these different weight classes. But if you really, if, if you know the history, if you know the classical style of boxing, you move up when age doesn't let you move down, baby. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. when, when you're starting to hit some walls and you're starting to hit some challenges, you know? I believe that that's respectfully a time where the athlete can go ahead and, and move up. And then we, we always know the more they move up, the more they move up, Duran, as he continued to move up, we knew he was continuously getting closer to his way out of the sport, mm -hmm. you know? So there's this something about understanding the history. To me, moving up is showing, it's a slight evidence that your time might be up, mm -hmm. and personally, and I don't like that. So for right now, I love to stay, I know my body can still make 147, um, I looked great. I saw the pictures of um, Thurman Barrios and Thurman Pacquiao and 147 on, on the scale, two different people, you know. So I love the strength training that I did in my last camp. I'm looking forward to doing more uh, strength training and truly getting back to what you're referencing as the original Keith one-time Thurman. Um, and the reason why I ask, I ask you that question, because obviously, and you know this, you know, Spence and Crawford have already said we won't fight each other, and it looks like they're trying to negotiate this for November. Obviously, Arrow has three of the belts. Uh, Bud has uh, one of those belts. So if they fight, I mean, all those belts will be tied up. And so that's yes. why I said would, Monopoly. would Keith Thurman entertain moving up to 154? You know, if there's an opportunity, like you talked about, there's someone with a title and said, let's get it on. I love great fights, you know, and that's what it's really about. That's what Thurman versus everybody is all about. It's about making great fights happen. So whenever the true opportunity, you know, somebody says my name here, somebody says my name there, and there's a lot of talk. I used to be one to do a lot of talk too. I know what it means to be young, to be hungry, to want those big names, you know, and who else has credentials? Who, who's a non-champion who has credentials that surpass Keith Thurman? Nobody. Do you know a non-champion that, that surpasses my credentials? No, I mean, Sean is retired, so. You know, so at the Danny's end of the day, Dan Danny's moved up. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so much that I can offer, but anybody who tries to say my name, where the contract at? You know what I'm saying? But, where's, where's the date? But does it, like, 
you know, Errol has been, and if you listen to him, very vocal. Like, I'm not fighting Keith Thurman. I don't care what you say. I'll move up before I even think about fighting Keith. So it's like, how do you, how do you get that title shot if, you know, obviously they're going to fight each other. And even if you try to get Errol alone, he says, no, I have no interest in fighting this guy. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Brian Custer. I want to talk to you about our partner, Athletic Greens. You know, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy. And I got to tell you, I absolutely love it. Athletic Greens doesn't taste super healthy. It's kind of mild, has that tropical taste. But I actually look forward to having it every single morning. So what is this stuff? Well, one scoop of delicious Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Listen, it helps support better sleep quality for you, recovery, and it supports mental clarity and alertness is what I love about it. You know, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. And it's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, uh, vegan, paleo, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is for you. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing really in your health. And it's cheaper than that cold brew habit that you may have. So additionally, for every purchase, Athletic Greens is going to donate to organizations, help to get nutritious foods to kids all across the country who are in need, including No Kid Hungry, which is right here in the U.S. By the way, two years ago in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million to meals to kids. Now, it is the time to reclaim your health, folks. And all you got to do is arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutritional uh, supplement. And listen, once we get into that cold flu season, this is something that you need because just one scoop of water every day with Athletic Greens, and there's no need for the million of different pills or supplements to look out for your health. All you're going to need is Athletic Greens. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens wants to give you free a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash last stand. Again, athleticgreens.com slash last stand. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. At the end of the day, if he wants to, if he wants to move up, vacate the belts, I'll become, I'll find a way to become champion at 147 once again. You know, um, my pride will dislike it. You know, um, because we want to compete with champions. We want to be the champion by beating the champion. You know, um, but there's so many small little things like that, different politics that manifest here and there in the sport of boxing. With Errol. You know, if it's not Bud, you know, why not Thurman? We respect you. We admire all that you've done, Errol. 
We watched you compete for the USA at the Olympic Games, right? I wear red, white, and blue because it's all my American dream, and I was in pursuit to be an Olympian as well. I've walked the walk that he's walked. We know this. At the end of the day, though, your name is the truth. And the truth is, you got the WBA, you ain't seen Thurman. You took that WBC that I vacated, and you ain't seen Thurman. That's the truth. You know, stop playing. You know, if you got confidence, if your team has confidence, you know there's a check in it. Take the check. Slap me up. Man down. Man down. Be the one to defeat the undefeated Keith Thurman. So let me let me go ahead and bow to you and shake your hand and call you the better man. You know, you're a great champion. But you have not fought the you fought who I fought. You fought you beat who I beat. But you haven't beaten me. That's just the truth. Period. Say what you want. And I, I said it back then. You know, we do these interviews all the time. Mm -hmm. I said it back then. The first time he said my name, I let him know, you know, okay, if he's the truth, he gonna be around for a minute. Guess what, Spence? It's been a minute, okay? So, like I said, the truth is you haven't seen me yet. You've accomplished many great things without defeating Keith one time Thurman. I've been beaten one time. Who's gonna beat me two times, you know? I still have that spirit of a fighter who wants to put himself in danger, who wants to go toe for toe, blow for blow, and, and do that pretty little dance. I love it, I love it. Um, by the way, what do you think happens in that fight? between Spencer and Crawford? So, you know, like I said, we've always admired Spence and the way he's dominated throughout the welterweight division, you know. We, we can't say a lot of things without playing what we call the measurement game. And the measurement game is taking one performance for another performance, right? And you look at how Crawford tactically and uh, beat Sean Porter, mm -hmm. right? And then you look how Spence stood there and took everything and, and seemed to struggle a little bit, though he definitely, he's very strong second half fighter, mm -hmm. you know, like, like the second leg of a race, you know. He's a very, very strong. So he struggled in the, in the Brook fight as well, right? But he finished tremendously, you know. Um, but Crawford is also known for being a, a, a good finisher. What I like about the matchup is... I think it takes a very special fighter to challenge both of these fighters to begin with, right? But with Spence, because he was a, he's a true welterweight, he's always been a welterweight, we, we know Bud moved up into this division and he struggled to get these big names. He's finally um, got Sean Porter under his belt. He's trying to um, get the Spence fight so that he can solidify mm -hmm. um, his legacy, right? Both fighters want to solidify their legacy, you know? regardless if I'm not in the picture, you know. It's a, it's a tremendous fight. But Spence, because he's been a great potential uh, matchup for me my whole career, I've monitored him more, right? And what I haven't seen Spence face is what I believe Crawford and myself bring to the table, which is obviously somebody who has the boxing IQ of that Olympic pedigree, you know, 
And then besides that, it's the athleticism, you know. He, he hasn't fought athletic, crafty, you know, fast twitch. You know, I, I don't know enough of Crawford's power. We've seen him do damage. I still consider Spence the bigger puncher. I consider him the bigger man. I consider him the bigger puncher, right? Mm -hmm. But all it takes is the right punch to finish the fight, not the biggest punch, right? So the athleticism, seeing Spence fight a Crawford, seeing Spence fight a Thurman is just a test that he's truly never been up against. Mm. Interesting. Um, so let me ask you about a couple of guys at 147 uh, that has, has been coming about with Keith Thurman. And you know the first name that always comes out is Jerome Boots Ennis. Like, why didn't, why didn't Keith Thurman fight Boots Ennis? And th the perception when you read it, it says, oh, well, Keith Thurman wants pay-per-view money if he's going to fight Boots Ennis. Your, your thoughts on a uh, matchup with Jerome Boots Ennis? Well, first off, I haven't even been in the game. You know, so some of these young fighters have been creeping up and establishing themselves on this beautiful network that I was once a part of, Showtime Boxing, right? And his performances have been, he's been dominating, similar to what Thurman did coming up, right? Similar to what Errol Spence did coming up. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I know what year that I was prospect of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if Spence was prospect of the year and have they already at some time of his career given Boots and his yeah. prospect of the yeah, year. A couple of years ago, so yeah. it's really generation to generation, you know, the senior. I'm his senior, you know. He's that which I already was, you know. But he's a modern day, you know, he's, he seems like a true welterweight puncher yet He's like a Thurman Crawford, right? Mm -hmm. He's got that one-time pop, angles from both sides, really, really slick, likes to utilize all his knowledge, seems like a really great young man, dedicated, uh, interesting backstory from what I've come across uh, thus far, you know? So everything looks good, but I'm the realest of the real. And if I ain't never heard your name, when, when I pick up the phone calls that matter, then currently in my box, you don't matter, you know? And I humbly apologize, but it's the truth, you know? And that's, that's just how this game is, you know? If there's a phone call tomorrow and it comes with a date, it comes with a time, it comes with a paycheck, and the name attached to it is Boots Ennis, then so be it. Because the one thing Keith Thurman has always been is a yes man. Because it's Thurman versus everybody. Yes man, I'll fight you. Yes man, I'll fight everybody. You know? If they want to put him on Showtime with a contract, I'll fight your mama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, this is boxing, baby. This is boxing, you know? There's no, there, there's, it's nothing but competition, you know? I tell people all the time in the gyms, man, y'all must have forgot. We used to do this for medals. We used to do this for trophies. We used to do it for free. We used to do it to come home and make our mommies and our daddies proud. And we still doing that today. 
Of course my mother's proud, of course my father's proud. And anybody who's made it to this level, their family should be proud. For those who have strived to try to achieve this level should still be proud. This is such a rough road to walk. And I respect every fighter that does. Hmm, like it. Um, what about your Dennis Ugas? It's been another name that's been floated around lately about Keith Thurman and possibly your Dennis Ugas. You know, that's, that's a little fun, you know, just because of the performance factor with Spence fighting Ugas. If we fight, now we're going to have another little comparison, mm -hmm. some of having some similar opponents in line, this and that. You know, uh, when he first came back, his COVID performance a year before, he got to fight Danny Garcia, but they both were coming off of big layoffs, you know. And so he did good, but he didn't do too spectacular. He did what needed to be done. He got the W, right? But against Ugas, now that looked like a great performance in his hometown, unifying the titles, mm -hmm. bringing, winning what I, what I lost mm -hmm. in 2019, you know? And that was hard for me to watch, you know? I'll be honest, because I know that that's me. That's Thurman versus Spence. It was always Thurman Pacquiao than Thurman Spence on the on the road. That was how we were laying it out, you know? So the only real reason why he can say whatever he wants to say is because I don't have a belt. I'm beltless. I'm beltless. Yet I still got all the fire. Mm. Yeah, you know, I can still inspire people to come and watch, you know, because I have the heart of a champion, you know? So Ugas is a good fight, respectable opponent. Um, I don't know if it's the fight, because I, I think there might be potentially, I'm hoping potentially, there's something bigger, you know, um, out there or underlying more exciting. I don't know what happened to Ugas, you know, uh, but I'd never seen a Cuban punching bag before, mm. you know. I've seen a lot of great Cuban fighters and the way he stood there flat-footed, allowing Errol Spence to create that onslaught, um, he ended up just like Kell Brook got popped in the eye, you know, and and then it was downhill from there. You know, it was it was a I believe a beautiful uppercut that was placed to make it all happen, you know. But um I, I expected more out of Ugas, mm. you know, especially with so much on the line, uh, yeah. you know. But sometimes we we as we speculate, we come back into that Cuban heritage that sometimes Cuban fighters don't take enough risk. You know, they, they, don't, um, they don't understand on demand. You know, the action needs to happen here, today, right now. You know, on demand. You gotta get up, you know. Like after, after my knockdown from Pacquiao, was the fight over? It could have been. It could have been. Thurman could have turtled up and just, he's too fast, he's too much, you know. But I didn't. I walked him down, seventh. Eighth, ninth, I'm, uh, uh, I'm throwing, I'm giving back, you know, and that was some on demand. And then that last, that last quarter, I took my foot off the gas, and we fell short of victory, you know. So it's very important for every fighter to have that on demand because a fight might not go the way that you want it to go. I, I assume that they had a great uh, training camp, you know, but there just seemed like there was something missing. Like he didn't understand the urgency of what that night was truly all about. 
Another uh, top five welterweight, Connor Ben. Uh, I'm gonna read you uh, his quote about you. Quote, Thurman may as well retire. You ain't fighting no one coming through, but yet you want the big names. I mean, listen, I'm probably one of the biggest names in the welterweight division, and you don't want to take that fight, end quote. What's his record? You know I don't. What's his record? He's, un he's unbeaten. No, what's his record? Uh, 20, like 2-0. and You're 22-0. and <laughs> You just got here. Who are you? I still don't know who you are, son. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I know who Well, you know, the son of obviously is. a boxing legend over you know? in England, right? That's, I was, that's nice. I don't know who you are. I haven't seen your performances. I haven't seen your highlights. And I'm definitely not scared of you, okay? So, you know, I love the enthusiasm, young blood. Talk your ish, you know? But I'm not the one to mess with, okay? This, this tiger got some fangs, I got some claws, and they will get in deep, and it will hurt, you know? So, I mean, look, if that's the next paycheck, so be it. They, I just got back, one fight. Let's get, let's get some action, you know? That's why I say, they can say whatever they wanna say. Who's your manager? Call my people. Have your people call my people. Their money's called pounds? Yes. Yeah, let yes. me know what the send over some pounds and we can get down. It's, this, is, this is boxing. This is entertainment. This is a business, you know? So if you really, 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 really want it, send the contract. Let's talk business. Everybody wants to see this big fight in the Walter Waite division. And I don't even know why it's taking so long. I told you we used to do this for free. You know what I'm saying? How much do you think you're worth? You're not getting what you're worth? You know, then guess what? You might not be what you think you're worth. You know what I'm saying? Fighters are like stock. Your value goes up, your value goes down, you know, and you gotta work with the industry like you work with the ring. You gotta ebb and flow. You gotta take a few blows, you know? Um, negotiate. Negotiate something in a rematch policy that is 60-40, then after you win, it's flipped back so you get the bigger piece of the pie and just do something so everybody gets happy, man. And see, people talk that, but they don't want to come in and send me a real legitimate contract. Mm. Send me a real legitimate contract and see how long it takes for me to send it back to you, you know? Because I'm just going to fine-tune a few lines, Okay. I'm just say, yeah, that, okay, where are we fighting? Are we fighting in New York? Are we fighting in Brooklyn? Are we fighting in London, England? You want to go at the, uh, the Queen's Palace, wherever it's at. You know what I'm saying? I just need to read it so that I can participate in it. Something nice? Oh, you, you just want pay me 1.5? Uh, no, maybe let me, let me adjust that number a little bit more, and, and let's see if we can make this happen. It's not hard. It's not hard. I'm a real yes man. I love great fights. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. Let me ask you this, because, you know, obviously we promote when we're going to talk to somebody. And why does it seem that every time we say we're going to talk to Keith Thurman, we get this, like, reaction. You get these reactions from both sides. And it, there seems to be this perception, because when you read the comments, you know, always hear this. Well, Keith Thurman, I just feel like he likes to talk more than he likes to fight. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to that? Okay. So first things first, 
one of my favorite quotes of all time. Most people don't know about boxing, okay? I mean, I don't know who's doing this, you know? Who's on the other side of this, you know? And then some of these reporters, even they don't really know boxing. They should know boxing, but they don't really know boxing. Look, Keith Thurman has never had a day job, okay? Keith Thurman has lived the life of a warrior from the age of seven up until now, okay? I turned pro, had my pro debut at the age of 19. Have I been less active than a lot of fight fans would want me to be? Yes. Have I been less active than I've wanted to be? Yes. See, that's the problem. People think that this is what I wanted. This isn't what I wanted for my career. You think football players and basketball players, they want to tear their ACL? You know what I'm saying? Right. Keith Thurman has been through two surgeries, okay? And I don't wish that on no athlete, I don't wish it on no fighter. Some of us are blessed to go through our career flawlessly. And then some of us have our ups and downs. Thurman has had his ups and downs. But after I get back up, I'm all about the action. With every network that I've ever performed on. Mm -hmm. Every single network. They can, I'm, they can take me wherever they want to take me. That's why I said the Queen's Palace, wherever you want me to be. We can fight on the moon, NASA, broadcast. You know what I'm saying? As, as long as there's a network and there's fans and there's people who truly are going to be entertained, you know, I'm all about it. The fight in February, is it the best fight Keith Thurman could have made? No. And we know that. But it's, I needed something. Yeah. I needed my get back. Now I'm back. So whatever comes to the table, whatever truly manifests as a, as a great idea for my next move, if it's 147, if it's fighting these young guys, understand, I'll fight the young guys. But Keith Thurman ain't no gatekeeper. If I am, that gate's welded shut. You know what I'm saying? That ain't, that ain't nothing easy to press through. You don't just push me over and walk through that, okay? My resume's been what it's been for a long time. I really don't care what people say about me. And it's, it's not about the ego. It's about the fundamental truth that I live this life of a true boxer, of a world-class fighter, okay? I've been at the top for many, many, many years. I didn't stumble there. I didn't happen to get there. I didn't get there and blip right out, you know? I appreciate working with you mm -hmm. because you announced me as it always has been with my full credentials, the former undisputed unified champion of the world. When in that moment, I was the currently ranked the number one welterweight Absolutely. of the world. Bone Spurs, I vacated a belt. Do they know why? Do they really ask why? Because Thurman got love for the game, I wanted to share it. I wanted to let other people fight for it. Knowing that one day, I'll have the opportunity to get it back. That's how much confidence I had. I'm not monopolizing. I didn't make them, hey, Thurman, you, you're too inactive. We got to strip you of the title. I, before that conversation even started to manifest, I freely gave it up. What fight manifested after that? 
Sean Porter versus Danny Garcia for the... Yeah, for your title, the WBC. Come on, man. I've, I'm a team player in this sport. I've done so many things. So whoever's typing, whoever thinks they know something about Keith Thurman, come to St. Pete Boxing. Come watch how I train. Come watch how I teach these, these um, amateurs and these young aspiring pros, man. This, what, what I do, the way I mentor, you know, I have true love for the game, and it's not going to go away. I'm here. I'm here, and I want to hear that fat lady sing. I'm not stepping out any day sooner. What do you think about um, mental health seems like this played a really prominent role in fighting now. I mean, Danny Garcia has talked about it. Uh, you know, obviously, Omar Figueroa mm -hmm. has uh, talked about it. You know, Adrian Broner pulled out a fight. He, he cited mental health. It's almost, it seems that fighters have been more um, public. I guess with it. Yeah, fighters, athletes. When I when I open up this uh, box of worms, I like to go back, you know, in the recent times with um, the gymnastics Olympian, you know, Simone. Who, yeah, Simone, mm -hmm. you know, and and her story and how that came uh, and happened, you know, doing so great, right there, making your dreams come true. Mental health issues, you know. Um, so it's beyond it's beyond fighting. You know, um, this is the pressure, the pressure for athletes in general. We are competing, you know, there's positives in competing, right? It can, it can, it can force you, sometimes it can pull the best out of you, right? To be under that competition, right? Even a spelling bee competition, right? Academic approach, right? Competition has its benefits, but just look at some of those children who have to hit the buzzer and answer questions like it's Jeopardy, you know, and look at them backstage and their parents and all the pressure and all the nerves, you know, there's the more you compete, the more you hold on your shoulders, you know, and it's just real for everyone. You know, we want to make our dreams come true, you know, all this pressure, it can, it can get to you. Everyone telling you how great you are, but your boxing is a world sport. We're, so the pressure that we hold is the pressure of the world. We're trying to impress the whole world, yeah. you know. Um, over, um, Floyd's doing exhibitions overseas. Um, these Saudi people, they're investing in all sorts of sports nowadays. You know, this, this has been a form of entertainment since before all of us were born. This has been around for a long time, you know. So boxers, we struggle because fight night, this weekend right now, so much has led up to this moment, right? And then there's gonna be so much action on one single night. And then the day after, everyone's gonna fall out, right? This does something to a fighter. We have these rushes of adrenaline all these dopamines, it's all about brain chemistry. And I do believe that it needs to be spoken about more, you know, that fighters need to have an awareness. Some of these young fighters, and they can't wait, they can't wait. I've been waiting for this, I've been waiting for this. That's, that's great, you know, but as you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. And once when your career finally hits its peak, finally hits its lows, how do you deal with it. How do you handle it? You know, and 
it, it's just something that a lot of people are going to need, whether, whether it's talk therapy, you know. I mean, let's be honest. Golfers see psychiatrists. Yeah. They see people because they got a eight, which all of us who recreationally play golf, we get snowmans, right. you know. But these pros, they get in these little slumps. They get in these things, and they have to do what I was saying to you earlier. You have to be able to let go of the past and be in this moment now and, and love yourself now and forgive yourself for whatever mistakes that you've made and raise your spirit up to be the best that you can be. We know every single time that victory is not guaranteed, but you can put your best foot forward. And as long as you put your best for, foot forward in competition, win, lose, or draw, like I always used to say, win, lose, or draw, you hold your head up high knowing that you did your best, you're competing against the world, you might not be able to maintain that forever, you know? So it's, it's just a topic that, sadly, what's happening to certain people, you know, but Omar's recovering right now. Yeah, yeah. He's recovering, he's in a better place, you know? And it's his job to perform. And win, lose, or, or, or draw, he needs to still be proud of being able to be back here and go through what he's gone through, you know? Good point. Good point. Um, obviously, you know this, Kike. Everybody who uh, watches this, uh, they submit questions. We allow them. So we'll just run right through them and just get your thoughts here. First one uh, comes from Twitter. Uh, he asks, your toughest fight uh, and who's on your hit list right now? Well, my toughest fight is definitely, you know, uh, Pacquiao, because he did everything that I wanted him to do. He still had speed. He still had power. He used all the veteran tactics, you know. Um, he kept his hands up, you know. After the knockdown, he knew he had the favor of the judges. He knew it was. It's like it's like it's like tennis. When you rally back and forth, sometimes you just need to put the ball on the in the other side of the court, you know, and let them hit the net. Let them make the mistakes. You know, he caught me making mistakes. He was he was very methodical. Um, and his angles, something that I pride myself for, being a little awkward, but he's such a small man, you know, and once he dipped down, I was like, I don't even got a punch for that, you know. Then he was over here. He kept doing the fun little, it's almost like a two-handed punch because of his speed is so fast. He pops you here, then he pops you there, or he pops you here, and then he pops you there, and he sneaks in that uppercut. Uh, I remember watching some highlights and seeing how my nose got busted, you know. Um, like I was doing against Mario Barrios, catching him on his back and with the one, the two, and like this extended up jab of another one. You know, Pacquiao was very notorious for that too. So I've, I knew the tactics that he was utilizing, but in the moment, in that fast twitch, I couldn't stop it. You know, I was walking him down. I looked at how flat-footed I was. I allowed him to finesse. One of the judges said that I won with the knockdown, you know, but I let him look too good that night. I let him do too much of what he wanted to do against me, and that's why I fell short of victory. And uh, give me a name that was big, be on your hit list. Yeah. Shoot. All champions. All right. And all divisions. Love it. <laughs> I can't make heavyweight, though. Okay. <laughs> um, HB from Twitter asks, flute or bongos? Oh, shoot, man. Um, flute, you know, but mine's 
Mine's more of a, it's, it's like a wooden recorder, even though it's, a, it's an Indian flute. It's an Indian flute. I've never been able to do this one. <laughs> never been able to play that one. But I mean, who doesn't like a good drum set too? Right, right, exactly. Uh, Tenzin asks, do you think you can hang with the likes of Jerron Ennis, Virgil Ortiz, or Connor Ben and Connor Ben? Yeah, you want to do three against one? What's going on here? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I'm fully confident in my skills and my talent against all three of those fighters. I still haven't seen the skill set of of Connor fully, mm -hmm. but uh, I believe that the one thing I've noticed with some of these young guys is one, they have not truly been fully tested, and two, Virgil Ortiz has um, defensive issues tremendous offense but i think that his defense is uh, a little exposed and it, it just takes a true world-class uh, opponent like myself to to prove these things interesting uh jay from twitter asks do you regret uh not giving spence his shot back then no because like i told the reporters if we fought back then it would have meant nothing and if we fight today it puts the cherry on the top of his legacy or mine, and that's that, you know? Why do what, this was the, this was the moral of the story then, you know? And a lot of people understand the po politics. You can love it, you can hate it, but Spence even knows. So this is, I'm just gonna extend this. If he really wanted the fight so bad, why not tell Al, hey, pay Thurman three million, pay me 700,000, let me slap that boy up. You know what I'm saying? Put the right numbers in. Wow. I was making good money back then. He was still coming up. I don't know what was being put in his pocket. He's an Olympian. I could be underestimating what's being put in his pocket. But that's not the, that's not the moral of the story. The moral of the story is put the incentive. Hey, man, you don't even got to pay me that much, but I really want that fight. Give him a little extra money and, uh, you know, entice him to get in the ring with me. I, I've never, just like I've never heard, uh, Boots Ennis' name on the phone call? Mm -hmm. I've never heard Errol Spence's name on the phone call, period. And while I was an undefeated champion, I never got a phone call that this is a legitimate fight to make. I've never got the phone call to fight Adrian Broner in my life. Mm -hmm. I've never got the phone call to fight Amir Khan in my life. There's plenty of fighters that I've never got the phone call. And this is just certain things that people don't understand. So at that time, I never got the phone call for one, but for two, why do something today when you can do it tomorrow and make more money. Good point. Uh, Deuce asks, Keith, why'd you let yourself uh, go up and wait again after working so hard to get back down in your best preparation for the Barrios fight? Uh, what, what are they talking about there? I think a bad article was written um, that was not proper. Mm. It was talking about me weighing 182 pounds, mm. and I weighed 182 pounds after the defeat from Manny Pacquiao, right? When I took that loss, I had to go into hand surgery. I spent almost two months in LA. My doctor was in LA. Uh, shout out, shout out, doc. You know, um, he did a great job, but in that time, I was, I was a little depressed you know, from the defeat, from having to go through this hand surgery, the uncertainties of how is my hand gonna feel, we're no longer champion anymore, and as, as I was eating and whining and dining in LA, I got up to 182 pounds, 
you know, or no, my bad, 192 pounds. Wow. So when I was in camp for the Pacquiao fight, I was 182 pounds. It was a 35-pound drop in 11 weeks to fight Pacquiao. Wow. Okay? So that was, that was mistake number one, weight management in 2019, you know. But post-fight, I even let myself go even further. Slowly, just from not indulging in certain lifestyles, I got down to 182 COVID, all this stuff happened. Of course, I was down to about 172 before I started my last training camp. Now being at the age that I'm at with my nutritionists and my advisors, you, you can at least see my cheekbones. I'm not puffed up like a puffer fish right now. And you know we're working to get to a, a walk around weight of 165 and maintain that till the contract comes yeah. so that I can cut from 165 to 147 and not live and make the same mistakes that I have in the past. So I've already learned from my mistakes. Yeah. I don't know who wrote the wrong article with the wrong information. They're crisscrossing some, some things. But believe me when I tell you, Thurman is being disciplined and I'm ready for whatever comes next. Okay, Keith Thurman, we've come to the last segment of the show. We call it the last stand. I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. Tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Yeah. All right. In your opinion, who is the best young welterweight right now. Is it Boots Ennis? Is it Virgil Ortiz? Or is it Conor Ben? Boots Ennis. Got it. Too much slickness. Which one of those three, if you had to fight one of those three, which one would you say, okay, I'll fight that one. Right now, Conor Ben, he's talking too much trash, man. You're <laughs> talking too much trash. I love it. Slap you up real quick. In your opinion, honest opinion, will Keith Thurman be welterweight champion of the world again? I'm it's in my heart, man. That's what I want to do. And is Keith one-time Thurman? I'm talking about when you would laying cats out those days still uh, in front of us. Question mark. But I'm working. I want to. It's, it's about the lifting, right? A lot of time off going through the aging. I want to lift, feel that man's strength, and put it into action. We always know. That is one time, all the time, KOs for life. Love it. Last but not least, your next fight, 147 or 154? Hey, let's see what it says, man. Might be 152 a catch weight, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, I, would, I want 147. Got it. Listen, appreciate you, man. I appreciate you doing this, spending time. You always hook me up, and I really appreciate that. Folks, that's what we do. We bring you the biggest names in the sport, like the former unified welterweight champion of the world, Keith One-Time Thurman. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Put respect on the name, baby. Stop playing games. A New York City point guard will give up his girl and his chain before he give up his dribble. We revolutionized this game with our influence. New York City playground basketball blew up on a global scale. What we were seeing was cultural resilience. It's New York City at its finest. such an unbelievable high. Why does it not feel that amazing? I would dwell on tennis matches when I could have been a better dad. 
You're always here. Do whatever it takes to win, at any cost. Is it all worth it?